we're back to Uncensored. We were just talking about all the uh, last-minute prep that we're doing, all the all the gift-giving, all the kids. make it, Kids make it interesting. Got to, uh, you know, sort through all the things, figure out what my wife's overbought, shift things around to upcoming birthdays. So mm-hmm. I'm sure all the parents can relate. Um, that's what I got. I got into, like, all the Christmas activities this weekend, too. We did – we went and saw Santa. We – Went over to Indiana and saw the Grinch. Um, Good. Yeah, that kids mostly like that. Um, my middle daughter was scared of the Grinch. Oh yeah. It was a very good Grinch. Was he in character? And in character, we walked up and he was rubbing an onion on his armpits. Um, so wow. yeah, and he was kind of mean, which in like in a funny way. Um, like my my son walks up, uh, he asks my son his name. He's like uh uh, and he says his name, and the the Grinch kind of starts going back and like forth with him a couple questions and he, my son keeps saying uh and he's like all right you got to work on this you got to be more confident in your delivery here son and he he like starts kind of coaching him and and my my son kind of came around and he thought it was funny <laughs> but my daughter was terrified of this and then because my middle daughter was terrified of this my younger daughter was was scared of him so we ended up finally getting a picture with them with them but then the next day we went ice skating so like. I mean, my wife is just mom of the year, finding all the things. We were busy all weekend long. So, do y'all wow. do the lights under Louisville? Either of you? My, I've never been to it, but my mom has like a Christmas tradition where she takes the kids and then has them spend the night at her house. And so she did that on Friday. Yeah, I, nice. my daughter loves going around looking at Christmas lights, but I haven't. She may have gone when she was a baby and not old enough to remember. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to Liz yesterday. I was like, I got to see if we can still get in there before oh, you can it's get too in. late. Yeah. yeah, you can usually get to I mean, so what we're talking about, Louisville has this cave underground. It's a man-made cave. They, I think it was, was it originally built in the Cold War era? Is that the story behind I it? I don't remember the timing, but I know it was meant to store yeah. stuff away safe. And, and so now I think they they store servers under there and they the city pays to store its salt under there because it's waterproof. It doesn't rain, obviously. Um but this cave's been around for a long time. In mm-hmm. fact I used to have a boss that uh would would take acid as a kid and like a, a teenager and they would go down there and have Roman candle wars. Um and wow. yeah. And it's been around for a long time. And the you know this person, uh, Erica, I, but you can probably put together who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But the the now they've turned it into. There's a BMX trail you can do. There's zip lining, and every year they put up all these Christmas lights, and you can drive your car underground for probably it's probably a mile or more of Christmas lights, and it's really cool. My kids like going. You roll the windows down, they can get other seats, and there's you know all the characters they like. So that's a good one. We'll probably end up doing that at some point. We'll squeeze it in. Yeah, and it's a good one to hit on a weekday if you can, because the weekends are crazy. Yeah, um, but but we still got a couple more events. I'm sure that my wife's going to squeeze in. So we did the gingerbread houses yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those our family. We've got those. We haven't done them yet. I don't know when we're going to do them. Yeah. So it's kind of getting down to crunch time. My wife works a couple nights before Christmas still, so we've only got a few nights left of Christmas activities. But I managed to squeeze in some hunting this weekend. Did you all do anything? No, not hunting related. I Are cast you done? a fly rod for about five minutes. I think I'm done. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the, before you get into your story real quick, because I do think I'm done. I set my last sits with rifle, and then I just don't think, I don't love the cold. I don't think I'm going to just, I don't know. And then I, I missed the shot with my bow, so 
confidence is kind of messed up from that. But uh, speaking of like Christmas and this, so last night we went to a Christmas event and we've had a couple like family events lately and everyone knows I've been trying to go out to hunt and, um, some sides of my family, there's hunters there too. And some of them, they're just like, Oh, we know she's been doing this. And, uh, one was like, so Eric, could you, you catch your deer yet? And I'm like, no, no, I, I haven't. And, oh, well, I saw one in my front yard, a big eight-pointer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, good good for you. Did yeah. you shoot did it? Did you catch it? Yeah. yeah, did you catch it? No, I, I've, I've just been seeing them everywhere, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. This, I'm just so, now I'm just, like, jealous in my heart that everywhere we go. And then last night, which I'm really, I am very happy for this girl. It was her first hunt. She's, like, 12. Okay, we go over there, and uh, they're like, Erica, did you... Did you get did you get a deer yet? They didn't say catch. They know better than that. And I was like, nah, I I did miss though on my bow. And they were like, oh, you know what happens? And they were like, you should see the one that uh, my little cousin got. And I was like, oh, let me see. And she busts out this picture in the video of her shooting a rifle at seventy yards to take wow. out this buck. And I was like, gosh, dang it! Like I was very happy for her, and she's gonna get it mounted and stuff. But everyone's like, you catch your deer yet? And I'm like, no, I did not. Get Same. Back. Yeah, that's my life right now. Um, <laughs> you show up to anybody you haven't seen in a while, and they're like, how deer season go? I'm like, it's still going. Yeah. So okay, I, but you went out. Well, I went out. Um, you know the everybody's been talking about how they've been locked down and there's so much food and the, my, and on camera, I've only had one big buck come through and my camera had gotten knocked down. So it was antler down. So I could only see the base of his antlers, but he was huge. You, you saw the photo of this thing. He looks like a cow, very, wow. very old deer. He's got the brisket forming in the front. His legs look like they're toothpicks cause his body's so big. And there's no doubt when you see him, it's, it's a mature buck, but I never got to see the, antlers on him but i mean he came through three or four hours after shooting light so you know it is what it is but the only the only deer i've had on camera during daylight has been a little spike he's probably 80 pounds and then Mm. i've had a bunch of does coming through but Braden friday night we were were texting with the o2 guys and glenn and uh some some just a hunting text that we have and Braden was like i think the the second rut's on you yeah. know he said he's seen a bunch of activity and i'm like all right i might go out and try to call a little bit because i've never hunted the second rut um, i'm usually done by mm-hmm. that point and i was like i'll go out and try it and i didn't i didn't get anything um on on saturday i didn't even see anything i didn't i, I at day at, at the beginning of shooting light i let a few bleats go and the because i'm kind of i'm kind of just hunting it like a softer rut like maybe not as aggressive um, and I, I did a few bleats and I heard a, what sounded like a deer stand up and move around. It did not sound like squirrel. Um, I've gotten, I'm uh, overwhelmed in squirrels at this spot. It is insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's squirrel city. If, if I could shoot a shotgun in this area, I could just go out there and lay these things down, stack them up and limit out in like 12 minutes. Um, but I, I heard it, what I'm guessing was, a, I mean, I literally, I do it. And, and three bleats I hear standing up and walking and it sounds like it's coming to me and I'm like, it's probably a young one. But at this point, I mean, I'm really just starting to freak out about the foods. Like I'm, I'm almost out of my grind. I'm, I've only got a few hams left and, you know, and then some organ meat that I've forgotten about. Uh, so I'm, the pressure's on to shoot literally whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, this is it. He's going to come in and I'm going to shoot whatever this thing is spike or not. 
nothing happened. And then I went out on Sunday and it had, it had rained a little bit. Um, I have been hunting. So I'm on a, I'm on this tree farm and it's cleared all the way up to the, the wood line and the tree that I'm in, there's no trees that are like back into the woods on the property line. Like I would have to cross the property line to be in a good tree that has cover. So I'm, I'm kind of out in the open and I knew when I set this spot up that I could potentially get busted behind me. Like I'm, I'm very open. And even if they come out in front of me, I knew cause they come out the way I have it set up. There's kind of two main spots that they come in, maybe three, I guess there's three main spots and two of them are behind me, but they've been favoring the other side per my cameras. I have two cameras out there. So I'm like, all right, this, this gives me good chances. They're coming from this giant field and this private property, like hundreds of acres. It's kind of around and they're coming in and I would, if they came in and did what they normally do from what I've seen, they come in and they go down the tree line, like the planted trees. So I'm like, if I let them pass, if I can be still and I mean, I mean, I'm totally exposed. Just a mar- it's a walnut tree with no coverage. So I'm up in this thing and I'm not super high either. I'm like, I, if I could be still enough, I could let them pass me and I could get a shot behind me at 20 yards. And if I see them, a lot of times they'll come from the other side and they kind of come at an angle towards me. And I'm like, if I can see them in time, I'll be able to get one coming. But the problem is behind me on the two spots that they come out. So yesterday I sat there until like it was 8:30. I so I'd been out for a couple of, two and a half hours in the tree and I I turned turned my head slightly. I mean there's no other way to check behind. I shouldn't have I just shouldn't have checked. I should have like just been watching to see if they come around. But I was starting to get antsy a little bit. So I kind of turned my head like this and I see two does behind me and one of them was the big doe I've been looking for. She's huge. And I'm like, "Okay." Turn I probably turned back too fast and I I get my bow and I think my body's blocking it and I just kind of sit there for a minute and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I finally like they're gone and I'm like, this stop. Why did I pick this spot? No stomp, no blow. Nothing? I didn't know. I didn't hear really? anything. They just, they just mm. left, but they're on gravel and the, when they were out there. So they're hard to hear on that. And then the leaves were damp. I think I normally would have heard them come in, um, which was part of what I was thinking with that spot. I'm like, there's so many leaves out there, but it rained. Yeah. And so I didn't hear them come in and I didn't hear them leave. So I, I, I thought, and I was like, I want to sit here for 30 more minutes. Cause nine o'clock was my mental cutoff time. That was go back and start the day of Christmas activities. Um, but I got to thinking about, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm, I'm in a dumb spot. Like I should, I, I I'm getting, not giving myself a good chance to win here. So I'm going to move this stand and see if I can go find a better tree. So I go, take all my stuff down. I spent about 15 minutes walking around trying to figure out what tree I want to go back up into. The best one is still where I was, but I, I talked a little bit in a previous episode about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hunting very close to houses and I don't really want to be seen. I don't want anybody knowing I'm out there. You know, you read some, you see so many of these crazy, um, hunter harassment stories and I don't want anybody knowing that I'm out there. Cause if they start calling the landscape place, like maybe, I, I don't want them to take my hunting rights away. Like, like if they complain enough, maybe, maybe I could lose that. And I don't want to do that. Right. So I don't want them to know I'm there. And, and so I start setting up in another tree that's very much over the highway that they come through. And I'm like, oh, this is also dicey, but I'll have better coverage. It's the one spot that I was back in the wood line enough to where if they're out, they wouldn't be able to see me. Well, what I wasn't putting together, I start putting my, I, I get up and I, I get all the way up in the tree to uh, put my platform up. I get my platform up and I get all the way up to the top and I hear, oh. I turn around, big old doe, 
different one had come in. She saw me and she's gone. And I'm like, yeah, they're spotlighting me because they're from the direction they're coming. Mm. And so I'm like, that didn't pick any better spot. Uh, yeah, I'm like further back in the weeds. But when you're coming out, think about when you're coming out of a wood line, the last five trees are very sky lit with yeah. no foliage. The no foliage is killing me. So I came down and I thought about it some more and I'm lo- I'm looking at my alternatives and I'm like, I might be able to carve out. And some of these trees, if I cleaned out of, um, some of it, I might be able to get a good spot. But at this point, I think it's kind of dumb to try to do just for the reason, like I've, the two examples of me getting busted in this same day. So I actually started looking at ground spots and they have all these tree containers that are plant containers that are out there. And I, I did hunt in between these the other day when I told uh, the story of me sitting through literally tornadic weather and downpour <laughs> and then leaving and then getting home and my camera is going off. Um, I, I'd kind of set in those using those as a blind, but the problem is it's such a blind. I, I can't see, you know, I couldn't really build it to where I could see coming in. And so I didn't see them until they were getting close or I wouldn't have been able to see them until they were getting right in front of me. And I was like, I don't like that. So I ended up building a, just taking some down branches, some of which I had even cut off earlier in the year, um, to build, to hang where I was in back in October and put those together. And I'm like, this is a good spot. This is great. Like I, this would be great at any point in the year because now I'm away from where they're coming out. I'm behind, I've got some distance. I've got coverage to draw my bow. I've got a shooting window. My, my lower half is covered. So I'm going to use that on the few days that I can get back out. But I mean, I don't even know when this is going to be at this point because of my wife's work schedule and the weekends. And, you know, our, I thought our season in my head, it ran to the end of January, but I checked and it's January middle. middle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they changed that or if I just always had it wrong, but, um, the, so I'm like, I've only got probably three more, two or three more sits because I can only go on the weekends with this daylight as it is because the, the property, the people that maintain the property are out there from seven, sometimes eight until five, which would only leave me at 30 minutes of shooting light or no, an hour of shooting light left. But at that point, you know, I just like, don't know if it's really worth like running out there to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be dicey. We'll see what I can get, but I'm, I'm set up. I've got a spot now. I'm like, I think I'm going to take a five gallon bucket. I've got a seat, like a, a pad that I can put on it. And I think I'd be able to draw. I'd probably be a lot more familiar, like comfortable shooting that way than out of the saddle. I need to practice more in the saddle, obviously, since I've missed two two shots this year. And I was telling Eric and Jacob before we came up here, I'm like, this has been the, the season of, like, my greatest accomplishment, which was getting a spot with the biggest deer I've ever seen at it. And from that shot forward, it has all just gone downhill. Everything since the second I let go of that arrow at that big buck. And I told that story probably 15 episodes ago. Back in, It happened on October 24th, I think. I think I remember it because I have the trail camera photo and that was the last good buck I had on camera. And I I never I I never would have guessed the deer activity would have fallen off a cliff like it did. And I've talked to a lot of other people about how how much they locked up and I think a lot of people think it's because of the food availability this year. The drop was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's food everywhere. They're not moving as much. They don't need to. And those big bucks just locked down and I don't think they've come back out really at all. Yeah. So or, or if they are, they're coming out for water and they they can they've got enough food near them to where they're moving very sparsely mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, I on on my cameras uh, during September October soybeans were still green. There was a lot of activity in the field because they're still coming in. They're eating the soybeans, um, bedding down in that field. And then once those soybeans turned brown, the cameras died with the exception of does in one spot. 
And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's so many acorns out there that they're just, they don't have to come out, yeah. you know, and, and chasing does or whatever. The does are heading that way for the acorns later in the day, in the morning. So they don't really have to come out. Um, so I'm, I'm going to move some cameras around at my place, see if I can get some, some deeper, deeper woods setups for those to try to see. I just want to get an inventory at this point. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I was sitting there, you were like, think you smell a deer and then it turns out mm. to be you really yeah you, know, you, you ever have that like i'll i'll have deer pee out and i'm like i got one coming and yeah. then i realized the wind shifted and it's blowing my scent back in my face <laughs> like from my wick or something um well i was sitting out on sunday and i was like that's that doesn't smell like ester like that smells different it smells like a buck pee and i kept smelling it sporadically and i'm like is there a buck bedded out in this tree field somewhere like what is going on because the wind was constantly blowing. It wasn't blowing great for me that day. Um, it was kind of blowing back into the woods. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I set up knowing that that entry might be that might be dicey. They might smell me uh, and stop, which I had that happen the other day. A lot of times, though, this year, they've, they've smelled me and kept coming because they're so used to people or weird smells anyways. So I I decided, I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. Um, but then the wind kind of shifted to where it was blowing. I was like, okay, well now they're going to get out of the woods and they'll get stopped. My scent wall might actually stop the deer for me if it comes out. Well, I kept smelling wind coming behind me. And my, I had a scent wick that I dragged in, uh, that I did since, you know, Braden's like, Oh, it's second rut. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do a drag. And that drag was still hanging on my bag up in the tree, it, but it's on this, my right side and the wind's coming from my left. So I'm like, it can't be that that wick, because I had the wick pulled off hanging in it. I, I had kind of thrown it up in a branch so that the air could catch it. I'm like, what is that smell? That's a deer. I, I smelled it five times in three hours. I, I, I'd, I'd pull my, you know, my uh, gator thing down, and I'd, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a deer. And I, when I finally got down to move, I got over, and they had moved in like two or three tons of manure, and or uh, of um uh not manure but uh mulch and that's what it was that was the smell mm. it, was, it smelled like deer pee man or deer just deer in general like a musky deer because yeah. i i didn't even recognize that that's what it was until i got up to it i'm like oh dude i've been duped i was like sitting here all that's p- part of why i turned around it was like overly excited because i kept smelling it coming from behind me or like to that direction yeah and it was a big pile of mulch so i had a scrape um, when I set up the opening morning of rifle here, I got up in the tree that I had cleared out all summer and didn't know the scrape was here. Didn't see it when I went in that morning and same thing, I'm up in the tree and I keep smelling. I didn't have anything hanging at that point. Um, cause I had taken like the spray can. I'm like, what is that? I mean, it's strong. And then I looked down at the base of the tree that I just climbed up and I was a foot from this community scrape. Mm. It's a pretty good sized scrape. It was just wafting up. Yeah. It's it's amazing how that scent just travels through the woods. Um, but yeah, it's always fun to be like, mm. or that that uh, spray can yeah. gel that you gave me of the tinks, the tink sixty nine. Yeah. Uh, my last hunt, I went out and I forgot that you had given it to me. I get all the way up in the stand and I realized that I forgot to. I put the the little wick thing on the tree. Is it a wick? Yeah. 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 Put it on the tree and I was like, Oh man, I forgot to pour the tinks on it. And I get up in the tree and I was like, Oh man, Jacob gave me that thing. Have you used the gel yeah. stream before? Yeah. Okay, from my stand to like 
10 or 15 feet over to the tree. I went, and it hit the little wick thing. And then I did some on the ground, like the little scrape I created. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's uh, surprisingly accurate. It's like pretty Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. It's not like a spray. It's like an actual stream. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that stuff too for hitting it on scrapes Mm because you don't have to get up in it to sprinkle. You can, you know, stay back. 10 15 feet or so and spray it mm-hmm. i like those spray cans a lot have jacob yeah. and i ever told you about going to where they make tinks no we, we went to the facility this was two years ago yeah um was not prepared let's just say that Did was you? not prepared i thought we were going to their office we get in there and i mean the smell when you walk in you hit the lobby you hit the like. lobby and it was so strong Within minutes, I had a headache. No, and I, like I don't, I I don't know how they work in there. They get used to it, I guess. But the the smell is insane. And so we do a meeting, and by the end of the meeting, I'm still I have a headache, and I'm not really used to it. But you remember we go out <laughs> the floor, and we heard or like pop, like what was that? And they're filling those pressurized cans you're uh-huh. talking about. Remember the dude that was working it? He he like ducked. Yeah. At one time, we're the three of us. So it's us two and Corey are walking by, and he ducks. And Corey and Brad are past, but I am right next, like across the line from this guy, and he ducks. And I kind of turn my head. I'm like, I wonder where he ducked. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> right next to me. I don't know how it didn't get on me, but it is a regular occurrence that they just you, pop. You think you think they just go hunting after work and just sit there because they're could. their own like lure. You could. Corey was saying that he's like, my wife won't let me in the house until yeah. I change mm. uh, because you're just there's no way you aren't going to smell like that. Wow. I mean, it was strong. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 The the deer pee. It was cool to see the facility and where they're doing all this stuff. I mean, it wasn't like they're just packaging. I mean, they were filling those um those cans mm-hmm. right there that's what was popping it so like i don't i don't remember how many cans it was like one in a hundred or something but i mean multiple times while we were on a tour you'd hear pop you know you knew what was going on but i feel like i would prank people with that like uh, i do don't know mean? like try and make the thing explode on them so uh, then like they just got deer pee bombed maybe that's yeah. what happened the visitors are here so they just blew one up yeah, on yeah maybe the, yeah yeah, it was a hit the deck situation though. Yeah. So I didn't get that hit the deck no. memo though. No, just the guy that was working it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so you went fishing? For yeah, like five very, minutes. Very briefly. Where'd you go? Uh, Floyd's Fort, just over in the Parklands. Um, I I ended up getting a, a killer deal on a uh, streamer rod, and so I wanted to just go cast it and see how it casts. Dan has a similar, same brand, different rod. And he was talking about how, how good it was for how inexpensive it was. And so I just wanted to go get a few casts in to to, to see how it casts. Um, uh, it's great rod. It's called Moonshine Rod, Moonshine rod Company. Anybody out there looking for, you know, kind of an entry-level, good starter rod. Uh, it was, I mean, it cast great. I was, I was impressed with it. But I didn't fish long enough to, like, feel like I deserved to catch a fish. It was just a brief little thing. But, was it a fly rod? Yeah. Okay. So I am I am going Thursday, going out to chase some trout, some trout in the second half of the day. It's supposed to get up to like low fifties. It's kind of perfect this time of year. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, hoping the activity is is good because we've talked before. Like I went on that fishing trip in November to North Carolina, caught some trout, hadn't killed a deer yet. I was ready to transition to fishing at that point, and so I've been 
YouTube videos, tying flies, like everything. And so I'm ready to get out and do some fishing. Looking nice. Forward to it. Yeah. So will the trout fishing be good? Like, like, is it, how good is it over the next couple of months? Yeah. Um, so it, it's really dependent upon the body of water, the river system, uh, what the flow is like, how much rain we've gotten. Even though the air temperature might be 30s, 20s, as long as the water temperature is 40s, you're good. I mean, the, the fish will still be eaten fairly active. If it's in the 50s, that's when you get the bug activity and the fishing is better. Um, so, you know, bigger rivers, tailwaters, the water's pretty constant coming out of the dam. They, they stay pretty consistent throughout the winter. But like the creeks around here and stuff, you just have to you have to concentrate based on the fish you're going after. If you're going after smallmouth, you fish it one way. If you're going after trout, you fish it another. But you got to fish the sunny water if it's cold. So where the water has warmed up a little bit, um, think about the flows and the oxygen. Something I learned this this past weekend actually, opposite of the the warmer weather months, usually you want more current for more dissolved oxygen. But there's like a flip when the water gets really cold to where some of the slower water actually has more dissolved oxygen. Mm. So I've always previous winters, I've kind of focused on the wrong water. Um, so I'm excited to go out this week and try that, that methodology to see if I can find fish in slower water than I usually do. Now Floyd's fork, they stock, but I mean, at this time of year, is it still good or is it like hard fishing? Yeah, it's good as long as the, the water level is good. So we got that rain the other day, muddied it up, makes it a little tougher. Um, but you know the the creek's been low, and so it concentrates fish in in the deeper. So holes. you kind it kind of gets hit hard when they first do it, but then people kind of peter out. And, oh yeah, yeah. You know. From a from a pressure perspective, yeah. Uh, I ran into a guy that was out there, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been you know six days in the last couple of weeks, and um, it gets hit hard." I I've last two week ends when I've gone to the creek, there have been five six other people in the general area of me. Um, so, you know, not ideal from a pressure perspective, but at the same time, like I'm glad they're out there fishing because the fish and wildlife will keep stocking it. Right. Um, and so it's, it's a good thing, but yeah, you know, it's in, in the winter time, it, it does get pressure because it's being freshly stocked, but people don't like going out when it's cold. So I like those days when it's low thirties. Did, did the, so that with the pressure trout get pretty adept from what I've read, like they, they, they get pretty smart, right, on what not to hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll get used to seeing the same flies. Um, I will I, – if I'm fishing and I'm not getting bites on stuff that has shiny beads on it, I will immediately switch to something that's more muted colors, more natural colors, no shininess, because they they learn quickly yeah. that if there's a shiny bead and they get their face ripped off, that <laughs> they'll sit back and, and let it go by. So then that's usually when I transition to something that's a little bit more natural. They're pretty perceptive, too, to, like, even ground movement, too, right? So I imagine, like, a ton of people out there moving around also puts makes it hard, right? Yeah, anybody that's fished for bass knows lateral lines on a bass. And so they can sense vibrations through the water that way. And trout have the same thing. And so if you're walking across the rocks while you're waiting, they're going to feel that. So you have to be really, especially in low, clear water situations, you have to be much more mindful of, walking softly, walking slowly, taking your time, looking in a hole before you walk into it, or even fishing that hole before you walk into it, because they do get used to the clunking of rocks, knowing that it's fishing pressure, and they'll... They can feel it from a long ways away, too, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. it travels through water pretty good. Yeah. the Where where there's riffles and there's broken water, you're you're better off, 
because mm-hmm. they can't sense it as well and they can't see as well through the, the bubbles and current and stuff. But if it's a still pool, you have to be very mindful. I wear a lot of camo this time of year because of that mm-hmm. low clear water, uh, no coverage on the trees, just like your deer thing. Like if there's no coverage behind you and you're spotlighted, yeah. they're looking up, then, you know, you kind of have to think about that. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. It's a lot like hunting. Like, yeah. You got to, you have to think about all that stuff. Right. You just run out there and start casting. Right. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people do though. Like yeah. the people that chase the, you know, the stock and trips, I'm sure they're a lot of people like me. I would, I'd be terrible, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Me too. Yeah. It's fun. I love this time of year. Like I said, the colder it gets and less people go out because it's cold. You can get the river to yourself. Um, I enjoy it. It's quiet. Well, guys, a couple, I want to make a quick announcement. I don't know if we've talked about the fact that we're not going to Great American Outdoor Show. Um, I had a guy message me. He was saying he's going to get a go out tattoo. And I was like, that's cool. And he's like, oh, I want to show it to you at Gaos. And I was like, ah, you got to send a picture on that one because I'm not going to be there. So the Team Go Wild decided not to go to that show. Um, that show is, I think we did mention this once, but, I mean, that show is brutal on us. Uh, it's, you know, tough time to staff it and uh you know just just for a lot of different reasons we decided not to go this year it's a two-week excursion for our team so we're kind of flying in and out people are having to platoon in platoon out we had to always find help um, to run the booth and so um we're not going back so i apologize to anybody that was hoping we were, they were going to see us this year at the great american outdoor show still a great show uh still think it's probably the best consumer show in the country um you know we encourage you guys to go if you're in the area still a great time but we won't be there this year we're only doing shot show we'll be at shot show recording the no low ballers podcast with the ammo inc team the gun broker team so we'll be in their booth so if you're going to be at shot if you're in the industry and listen to this you can come by and see us there we'll have a booth actually built into the gun broker booth we're going to be there uh with them recording with some insane guests the yeah. the lineup is as turned into um a-list celebrities within the industry so uh that's really cool we're excited to do that but that's gonna be it for i guess jacob's going to ata for a little bit this year jacob and Braden. dan's gonna be up there oh, dan's going to yeah, i think Braden said something about duck hunting or no oh, lame yeah. um no but th- those guys are going to go to ata um but our, our focus this year is going to be on shot show so we'll be in vegas that week um me me jacob dan and Braden will be there and we'll be there with our co-host logan medish and recorded with Alan from Gunbroker. So if you guys love that show, there's going to be some killer content coming on No Low Bars. If you haven't checked out No Low Bars yet, you should definitely hop over because the, the you know, we we just now, has our first episode from uh, the Daisy trip aired yet? Uh, Daisy should be coming this week, but we just did the Walther one um, where they sat down with Caleb, can't remember his last name, that is in the process of finishing a book about James Bond and the Walther and, you know, James, James Bond's cool. weapons. Really interesting episode. Uh, he's a super intelligent dude as far as that history. So yeah, definitely check if out you, that, that One thing I love about that show is, you know, you don't have to be a firearms expert to enjoy it. You know, I think we, we have Alan and, and Logan who are, insanely knowledgeable and they do sometimes start talking about stuff that i don't fully understand but the 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 good flip side of it is like we're there as the idiots for color commentary and we kind of you know you got a nice mix of conversation but a lot of the stuff that you're learning on that show is just fun it's not like it's particularly 
you know, useful for bidding on gunbroker.com. But like if the, you know, Logan's talking about some of the prop guns that have been used in some of these movies or the history behind some of these, like the machine guns, still the, the Valentine's Day Massacre episode was, was amazing for all the, you know, how much Logan shared about that. So there's a historical perspective to it. So if you're a history buff, you'll love it. But you don't have to. It's not like a nerding out on history. It's not like deep, deep dive. This isn't like a two-hour episode. These are 30 minutes, quick hits, fun facts. So check out that show. We'll be recording those in Vegas. Um, also, you know, shout out to Gunbroker for sponsoring this show, uh, Uncensored. So make sure you're checking out Gunbroker.com for your, all your firearm needs. Uh, there's a reason that almost 10% of firearms sold online, seven to 10% of firearms sold online, comes through Gunbroker.com. It's because they're the, they're the best. They got the best selection. They've got, um, you know, you're going to find good deals at times. You're going to be able to find things that you can't just find walking out to your normal shop because it's sold from all over the country. And it's easy, super easy. So you can go in, make your bid, you pick it up at your FFL. That's it. So they've, they've got the best game in town when it comes to auctioning off guns. And a lot of these uh, sales are new. You know, I think a lot of people think it's just old firearms and that's not the case. But the, anyways, I think that's it for us um, on, on the announcement side. Um, I was going to mention the rewards that Erica dropped, but uh, if you haven't seen those yet on your Go Out profile, those are worth checking out. Those t- she launched the Tack Bag deal, and um, mm-hmm. we've got a couple other ones that are coming out. Yeah. So make sure you're logging time for the shows because that's how you unlock these rewards. Um, you know, any time outside. I just unlocked my 50k sticker this morning. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty pretty pumped about that one. Uh, that was the the one milestone sticker I think I was missing. So. Sweet. We're probably gonna have to make new ones for Larson and some people here soon. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we, I, well, there's definitely a few. Like, we need a hundred k sticker because we've got some people that have hit that milestone. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, to log time, go to your, your Go Out account, hit the plus sign, log time, hit Outdoor Podcast, and you'll find us there uncensored. You can also log your time for No Low Bars or any other podcast you're listening to. You had Jacob, Brad, and Erica here, so let us know what you thought of this episode. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>